You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we're creating a culture of courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics such as sexuality and pornography. We're your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Creed Orm. Welcome back, listeners. We are so stoked to have you back listening at Reach 10, Breaking the Silence today. And today we are going to be breaking the silence with Brigham Elton. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him in a second. But we're really going to be focusing on the question, how does hiding fuel porn use? And I'm stoked about that question. And Brigham, he is a certified pornography and sexual addiction counselor. And back in 2011, he started educating and helping others to overcome the trend of pornography. And in 2016, he started something called True Connections, which we're going to link in the show notes and you're going to hear more about. And he's helped thousands of individuals overcome their desires for pornography, which I think is so rad. Also, fun fact. Brigham's from the same hometown I am, and so we respect the fact that he's from Morgan, Utah. Anyway, without further ado, Brigham, will you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, I I mean, that was such a great intro. That was awesome, and good. <laughs> Morgan, just nothing better than Morgan. Um, Yeah, this is not something I planned on, you know? It's something that I, like, I thought all successful Mormons went to med school, you know? And so that was kind of my, like, path, you know? And then this kind of just kept coming back and over and over and over again. And I really love it now. Like, honestly, like I probably just ruin other people's days when I talk about porn and sex all the time with them. Um, But I just love it. Like, I think as we talk about it, like light and truth and opportunity for healing really comes, you know? And so in true connections, we kind of attack it in multiple ways. Like, I teach these at like uh, treatment centers for like teenage boys and girls. I, I teach their sexual education class and then work with kids there. Um, I have, I carry about 10 to 15 clients, individuals, and I've had ages six all the way to 64. And so we've had a huge range. And I mean, right now our clients are 50, 50 men and women. And, and then we also help parents because I think one of the best things that I want to do is get ahead and like help parents to get ahead in this issue and know how and when to start talking about these things. And so yeah, I just love it. And I'm, I'm pumped about talking about it almost any time I get to. So, yeah. I love this. Yes, I love everything that you do. And please go to his website, trueconnections.org. Where are you based, Brigham? Are you, and how far do you reach? So I have an office here in Linden, but then we have some therapists that have done our trainings that are in Idaho and then um, down in St. George. And so really we have a pretty big reach um, of individuals that we can help, you know, and for me individually, like as this COVID thing has hit, like we've gone more online. And so I have clients in Northern Europe. I have one in the Bahamas, one in Jamaica. Wow. Like we are really all over the place right now, which is so awesome. Yes. This pumps. So yeah. great. So this question, I am so fascinated by this because you mentioned that hiding happens for everyone, not just the porn user. And so what, did, what do you mean by hiding? I think like hiding starts from this feeling of fear, you know, and this is something that's very natural. I mean, like even with Adam and Eve, like the first temptation that Satan gives to fallen man is quick hide. And it's even natural. Like my little three-year-old girl, like she hides when she makes a mistake. 
And so I think, but it starts from this moment of I'm not enough and I'm afraid. And that fear is what keeps people from moving forward. Now it keeps those who use pornography, it keeps them from sharing and being open and trying to overcome. It keeps parents from like talking about it. Like there's so many parents who come to me when they have these questions, like, when do I start talking to my kid? And it's this like fear. It almost makes you clench when they talk about it. And so really it starts there with the fear and that fear is evident in so many different places. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And I love that you even tie that back to um, like the first story in the Bible, right? Like Adam and Eve, our first parents, like they struggled with that same fear of confronting their weaknesses and confronting their nakedness, right? And so like, of course, like we still struggle with that same thing and it's going to look different maybe, but I think it's so interesting that it's so connected throughout all of time, this has yeah. been a struggle. It's amazing how that fear keeps us from getting help, you know? Like Adam and Eve didn't get any help from God until they came out of hiding, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's true with the user. And that's even true sometimes with a parent, like a parent that's afraid to talk to their kids about sex, pornography, social media, TikTok, OnlyFans, or whatever, right? Like as they stay in hiding, it's impossible for them to get help or give help. Interesting. I'd also say like, I can see how that same fear and that like hiding thing would happen for like a partner or Mm. for someone who is just scared to date because they know the statistics, right? Yes, that is so true. Like hiding happens for literally every single person. Yes, every single person. And that's the number one issue with pornography is that we hide. Fascinating. And so this hiding just fuels this fear, this I'm not enough. What can we do? Let's take the perspective first off with parents, spouses who need to talk about sex, even dating partners who need to talk about sex with their, their partners and healthy sexuality. What, where, do, where do they all start? And then after talking about that side of things, Maybe we could then move on to how does a person using pornography then move on from that I'm not enough and fear. This starting like is just like a baby learning to walk and you're going to stumble. You're going to fall. It's going to feel awkward. You're going to be like, I probably said the wrong thing to my kid or my spouse and they probably feel shame. It's fine. Like saying, even if you said the worst thing as a spouse or a parent, like it's better than saying nothing. Right. Because not only are you typically just like blowing something up in your mind, like if you think your partner may be using or that someone you're dating, like might have this pornography issue, like most of the time in our head, we start to take this fear and blow it up huge, huge, huge. And by not talking about it, really, we're making the stress worse on ourselves. Not only that, but like as parents, like if we're not talking about it, then we really keep our kid from learning what real sex is. Like pornography becomes dangerous because it's the primary sexual educator for youth. And for a lot of individuals, like for me, like my primary sexual educator was porn until I chose to take those reins. And for parents, if they're not talking about it, then porn is really going unreined and is able to just teach whatever it teaches about sex. Did I answer your question? Oh, yeah. Looking at your website, too, I just saw information that parents need to be the source like it's it's a parent's decision on whether they be the source or not right do you want your source to be tiktok to be pornography to be these outside opinions that might not reflect what your family values so by choosing the responsibility to be the source it starts with that 
choosing, right? Yeah. And I think the time to be the source is early, right? Like you hit this like 14, 15 year old and like kids are kind of done listening to their parents and like you can have them reason things out in your presence, which will, they'll naturally like think about what you would say, but your time to teach your kids is early, 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 early. Right. And so I think most time with parents, they're playing catch up because they don't really come to me and tell their kids are teenagers, you know, and the time to become your kid's source is early, early. I really, really like that. And I think that that's so true. Coming to the like the spouse or the girlfriend or the boyfriend, what does this look like? How, how do you come out of hiding? Like, how do you overcome that? So there's multiple ways that we hide, right? And I think that we have to attack those individually, not as a group, right? One way that we hide is we like, don't ask about it. And a lot of times we catastrophize in our own head, right? And so one thing is just ask, right? Ask how it's going. Ask like how someone's view of sex has been lately. What has appealed to them lately? And talk about it more frequently and talk about the little things like there's little moments that we hide that we don't even really recognize, I think, right? Where we're like, scanning through Instagram and you see some TikTok dance of some girl twerking, right? Do I like hide and run away from that? Or do I face that and say like, that is not what's real. Real sex is about connection and intimacy, right? And so, and then talk about those moments. Like as a partner, I would want to know like, hey, like what have your triggers been lately? Like how have you been thinking about those triggers? Are you facing them? Are you hiding? Like talking about that. So that's one way I think is ask about it frequently. The second way that I see a lot of partners and spouses hide is when their partner shares and they're feeling these feelings of disappointment, maybe a little discouraged, maybe even I'm not enough. They then get afraid that it's going to make their partner feel bad. And so then they hide and they don't share the way that they actually feel. As you have these conversations, you can feel the way these people are feeling. And so you already know that they're feeling discouraged, sad, hopeless, and then you catastrophize it. And so it just is this pattern of like, not actually talking and making this issue bigger than it is. And then that big issue in our head now turns to fear and keeps us from sharing and talking and actually getting past these little moments. I think what helps with all of that is being mindful of our emotions with, with regard to these topics. If we are dating someone and we're getting more serious, we feel like it's it's time to start getting to know each other more deeply, ask each other certain values surrounding sexuality and such. If we feel a ton of fear that uh, hinders our ability to be able to open up and ask those types of questions, first of all, we need to recognize that, right? Yeah. And then ask ourselves, why do I feel this fear? And work through that, address it, but then realize it's okay to, to work past that, to still do something, even if you're afraid, right? Yeah, Creed, that's awesome. You know, like I totally 100% agree with that. Like most of the time, if we can just identify what we're feeling, the like why comes so naturally. Like, in fact, it's unnatural for us to say like, hey, I feel abandoned and not explain why. And so if you can get to that, like, okay, I feel fear and just recognize that, I think the why comes really naturally, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have a chance to work through it. Like you're saying, I think that's so awesome. Yeah, it's amazing the connection you get when you choose to come out of hiding. You know, like back to Adam and Eve, the connection they had with God. As a partner, when I've chosen to come out of hiding to my spouse, like the connection that I feel with her is just amazing, you know? And so that's the, the light at the end of the tunnel is that connection. That's the goal and that's the result of 
sharing, <laughs> talking, yeah, right? Absolutely. And as we've talked about this, I recognize that I hide not only from like sexuality and pornography, but like I hide from like difficult conversations all the time. And it could just be like, I'm annoyed that you left that out. And I like hide from it <laughs> or like, <laughs> or, or whatever it is. And, and when we hide those things, even the small things, like it builds up and it, and it makes it worse in the long and, run. You know, Chriselle, like that is the number one issue I see with pornography and the people that the way that people locally, especially fight pornography right? Is they, they were trying to fight based on avoidance. And typically that's actually what their parents taught them is like avoiding pornography, putting up blockers, like it's all these avoidance techniques instead of like facing it. Right. So we look at like Joseph in Egypt, right? If you look at that Joseph in Egypt scripture, it talks about that. Like she grabs him by the hand, Potiphar's wife and is like, lie with me or whatever. Right. And then he says to her, I could not do that to Potiphar. I would not do that personally. And I would not do that to God. And he like faces her and then after she did it over and over and over again, he eventually ran, right? When it, she caught him by the garment. I think so often we skip this, like facing it and saying, no, like that is not real intimacy. Real intimacy is based on connection and coming close to someone and sharing a moment. This other stuff is fake. And I think sometimes we, with pornography, we don't actually face it. We just avoid, 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 avoid. And then eventually the dam breaks and we kind of binge use and then we try again, right? And I, that is just, then you're fighting pornography for the rest of forever, right? But if you can change your view of sex, pornography will lose its appeal. Just the other day, I had this kid text me and he's like, Brigham, you ruined porn for me. I got that text at 2 a.m. <laughs> and I'm, I was so pumped to talk about it the next day. He's like, I tried to watch, but as I tried to watch, my brain just kept going, this isn't real, this isn't real, this isn't real, this isn't real. And I couldn't get into it. And that's what can happen if we come out of hiding. Now, the, the battle is hard. I'm not saying that the tunnel is easy, but there is hope there, you know? There's so much hope. And I feel like what you just said restores like my power to choose. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we recognize that it's not something that we just have to like be afraid of and like avoid and lock in a box or whatever, right? But yeah. it's something that we can be like, yep, it's a thing. And I choose not to look at it. Or I choose, yeah. like, this is not something that I, I'm actively going to participate in. And I love that example of Joseph in Egypt, like, where he was like, I'm not going to do this to Potiphar. I'm not going to do this to you. I'm not going to do this to God. I'm not going to do this to me. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. That's not who yeah. I am. And, yeah. and just the power in recognizing the choice is so refreshing. Yeah. And I, I really think that this hiding concept is just so profound because when we hide, we give up our ability to choose. Yeah. And you really choose to continue down a path of use. Like when you choose to hide, you choose to continue down a path of use. And it happens consistently. We'll have our clients come in and they used and they're like, I'm like, okay, did you like talk about it? And they're like, no, that's why I used again. It's because I set this pattern of just shutting it in a box and then it festers and shows up again, right? But we can choose and we all hide. I mean, it's true. Like you were talking about like conversations you hide from. There's things that I hide from about trying to convince my wife not to paint the cabinets gray or whatever color she wants to paint them, you know? And, but as we come out of hiding, we find real connection and we find hope and peace that is impossible in the darkness. Totally. So aside from fear, do you think there's anything else that motivates our hiding? 
I would say there's like different things in the fear category, but honestly, like, I think it all kind of comes down to this fear feeling and you can almost see your body react to it. Like, even when I talk about it, my body like wants to like crunch up in a ball, you know? And so I think there's different areas of fear, fear of judgment of other people, fear. I'm never going to get over this, like fear. I'm not enough, which I think it all kind of comes down to that source. Um, but I think fear is the start of hiding, you know? And another thing that I've thought of since you've been talking about choice, I think it's so important that we empower not only ourselves, but as well as our children to realize that it is a choice. Um, in that way, how can we promote autonomy and choice so that we don't feel inhibited so that we have to hide yeah. if we want to do this? I think, like, I think for me, it kind of bases in this, like, parent role, you know, like as a parent, like, how can I help my kids feel empowered and choice and also feel the freedom to share, you know? Um, and I think that really happens in the way that as parents, we react when our child shares. And for me, like individually, I hope that my daughters struggle with pornography in my home. I want them to struggle there. Like, I know they're going to struggle, like struggle when I can be there and I can help you you know? And so I think having that kind of mindset as a parent that like, this is going to be a thing we're all going to have to face, right? Let's face it together. Let's overcome it together. And that like openness, I think really spreads and feels good. I really love that. It's so true. My own little girl, you know, she's only three, but like we've, we practiced ourselves because we weren't really super comfortable with the word penis, vulva, vagina, whatever. Right. And like, so mainly we would tell her as we would change her diaper when she was one, like we're doing this, I'm going to wipe your vulva now. Right. And like, I got more comfortable saying those words. Right. And as that progressed and now she's like three years old, like she's hundred percent comfortable talking about it. And she turns and checks her animals to see if they're a boy or a girl. And she's like, this one has a penis. It's a boy. Right. And and so like, there's so much power there as you just like talk about it openly, then that like uncomfortable shouldn't talk about it. Fear will fade. And there's so much openness and beauty that comes from that. I love that we're talking about this in a parent child relationship, but I also think in like a dating relationship, it's so important for it to come out early. Yes. I, I mean, not first date early, but <laughs> like, uh, but I, I really like if you are engaged and you haven't had this conversation, you really need to establish in your relationship that you are talking openly and honestly about these things. And yeah. if you're not, then why are you hiding? So I think one thing that really helps is like a starting question. Now, this question comes from like overcoming pornography addiction. It's like the essay foundation. I actually was given this via the church. Um, but in the back, it suggests asking like, what is your pornography history? Right. And that question really can help get things kind of flowing and have a chance to talk about it openly, because then you can share about your own exposure, even if you haven't been a pornography user. And you can really talk about like what that individual's perception of sex is, because that would be my goal walking into that conversation. It isn't tell me all the mistakes you've made and let me judge you. Right. And decide if you're good enough to marry me. It's like, where are you at now? Like, what is your idea of what sex is? Do you think sex is this thing that like we get to do and it's all about the pleasure and the body? Or is it this thing that's like, we're sharing our souls with each other and connecting in a way that like God does and he's designed for us. And I think as we kind of aim in that direction, I think we find really great peace, you know? Yeah. I also, I love that question because it's not accusing at all. Like, it's very like, tell me about your history. Like, 
I have stuff to share about that too. Like we both are coming to the table with, this is where we're at. And this is how we've been impacted by it. Because I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we tell ourselves that we haven't been impacted by pornography, no matter who you are. Like we've all been affected by pornography. We've all been affected by our hyper-sexualized world. And, and let's talk about it. Let's, let's bring it out of the hiding. Yeah. If I think if we even start with ourselves and say, Hey, I know that everybody has a history with pornography, uh, whether we've seen the, even the very soft core pornography that is in media all the time, um, as well as if we've had relationships where pornography has been involved, if we're vulnerable to share that aspect of ourselves and just say, I know we all have that. So here's my story about it. Uh, What's yours? Let's just talk about it. You know, then that creates a space of safety and non-judgment and just openness. Like hiding breeds hiding, you know, like naturally when you hide, other people hide. But when you're open and you're like here, like this is where I'm at. This is what I've seen. And I'm being open with you. You're right. That, that environment of safety naturally brings more openness from your partner. Totally. I love that. In fact, today I was on a walk with someone that like, I don't know very well. I've like gone on like three walks with her and she asked me a question and I was like, I mean, like I'll go there. And so I like told her and then afterwards she was like, wow, like I feel so safe around you and I can tell you like what I'm really struggling with. And I was like, that was worth it. (laughs) Even though it was uncomfortable at first. And so I love this idea that as we, as we come out of hiding, we invite other people to come out of hiding. Yes. 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 I love that. And that's so true. You know, that step's hard, but that step brings light, you know, that step out of hiding, like it's going to, you're going to get help. You're going to find connection, which is such an amazing thing. And I think for me, like individually, when I work with people, it's like, find that fear, like, where's your fear. And if you feel that fear, let's talk about that fear and let's try to move past that and share about it and become out of hiding. Yeah. Love this and love everything that we've talked about so far. Brigham, do you have anything else that you'd like to share? A call to action for our listeners? Any other thoughts? You know, whenever I go, I do these presentations for cities and schools and things like that. And I love to end with hope. You know, like I want you to know that I see it. Like I see individuals constantly come, work their tail off, come out of hiding, face these things that they've been afraid of and find peace, find God's view of sex, and begin to think about intimacy in his way. I see that constantly. And so I want people to know that that is there. And as you choose to come out of hiding, that puts you one step closer to getting to that space. I know it's scary, but just tell someone. And as you start telling someone, naturally more and more will come. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Brigham. We've loved having you on. You rock. Thank you, you, Brigham. Perfect calls to action. Something that all of us can try and practice better. So thank you for bringing this message and, and doing all that you do. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. Before you go, we just wanted to mention a great opportunity to learn more at the Utah Coalition Against Pornography Conference. It's a virtual event happening Saturday, April 24th from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And once again, this is an amazing conference put on by the Utah Coalition Against Pornography, and it's completely free. So go ahead to utahcoalition.org to find out the information and join in. Sure to be great. 
Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with at least 10 people. Please help us reach more young adults by going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals, and the ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard on this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.